Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay with God podcast. I'm here with a dear friend, Vicki Brown, and I'm telling you, I've known Vicki probably for two years, maybe through Publish Your Purpose, about like that. Yeah. And um, but we only knew each other on on Zoom. And so I was thrilled this past week when I was able to go to Connecticut and I got to see that she had legs. And so did everybody <laughs> else <laughs> that I had been in conversation with and in groups with for the last two years. We had a fabulous time. And Vicki was um the one person that got me home, I had like a person that got me to through the Atlanta airport named Cody with a K. If you're out there ever listening to anything, <laughs> thank you for getting me through the Atlanta airport. And Vicki was with me on my last stretch through Washington. So <laughs> she helped me figure out <laughs> how to do that. Fun so times. it was fun times. And, you know, I'm an Aries and, and it comes with great, great vision and possibilities and zero technology and directional skills for me. I don't know if all Aries are like that, but that's what it is for me. So I'm, I'm so happy to have Vicki Brown here. And it's going to be a very interesting conversation because when we think about the word God, it it really takes on two different levels for us. And that's what I love about Vicki is that we have such a great rapport and yet we don't have to agree on everything. And that's, that's yeah. where grace comes in people. And that's where compassion comes in. And I love that. So let's start, Vicki, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Give the listeners an idea of, of what you do and, and yeah, who you are. Yeah. Well, hello everybody. Uh, as Rich said, I'm Vicki Brown. And I'm currently a management consultant focusing on new managers and supervisors, especially young women, women of color, because nobody really teaches them the nuances of management once they get promoted. I came out of retirement to do that. I could not stand being retired. I am a retired naval officer. I'm also a retired civil servant. And I got bored and I was starting to get stupid. And so I decided to take my skills and make a mark in this world. Um, I've been doing this for about 10 years now, and it's led me down the path to meeting Midge and <laughs> having some very interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Yes, it has. It has. And I and I love the fact that, that you didn't want to be retired <laughs> because, oh, no. because so many people are going to need what you're about to offer and what you're offering now and what you're about to offer because that, that management that you're doing now. And, and I know just because we've been in relationship for two years through PYP that you have a book that's going to be coming out in the next year. And it's going to be such a good vibe for people. Can you tell a little bit about what your book is about? And when, you know, and I'll have you back on once you publish it, but oh, great. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, the working title of the book is management matters. And it's based on what I 
called my three rules of good management. And what I'm finding is wherever I go, people are repeating these rules, not really as rules, but just as foundations for a lot of things. And the rules are to know yourself. Self-awareness is key. To know your people. And this doesn't have to be in a work situation. It can be in a life situation. Um, and to create a healthy relationship. So my focus is on new managers, but it seems to work throughout. I love telling people that my wife and I have been together for 20 years, and in 20 years, we've never had a fight. And it is because we follow those three rules. Mm. Podcast generally is talking about their coming out and their faith journey. And what I tell people is that we've all come out but it all hits us a different way. Some people know exactly who they are from the get-go. Others like me take a, a longer journey of figuring that out. And the faith journey part is really about where did you start and where did you land? And it's going to be interesting. I can't wait till you and I get into this conversation <laughs> because we had one before, just not recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start with with your understanding of yourself and when did you realize that you weren't straight? I realized, I thought about it. Let me let me rephrase that. I think I knew subconsciously mm -hmm. when I was about 10 or 11 years old. Wow. Because I had my I had a best friend in school and we had favorite actresses that we liked. Um, and there were three, uh, Jane Fonda, um, <laughs> Ali McGraw, Love Story was out at the time, and Marlo Thomas. And what I realized in retrospect is that I actually had a crush on these three women. <laughs> I, st I still have a crush on Jane Fonda, okay? It's just how it is. Um, but... I did, but again, I think like a lot of people, you look back in retrospect and realize that, oh, that's what was going on. Um, I didn't fully understand it um, and start to embrace my sexuality until I was uh, in college. Hmm. And I had a roommate who... The best way to explain it is we both came out together, but there was nothing physically mm -hmm. involved. Too many times people think coming out means the first time you had sex. Uh -huh. That's that's not it. That is not it. Again, realizing when I was in college, my crush had moved a little bit from Jane Fonda to Janice Ian. <laughs> right? And we played her music. If we were in the room, her music was playing. Mm -hmm. And I think like I told you in my um in the the questions that I sort of answered for you, we just started talking about which one of us was gonna marry her first. <laughs> right. Um and I actually met her, but I did not tell her that. Um, <laughs> well okay so let's pause for, how did you meet her it was awesome I was in San Francisco for a blind date who did not show up 
Oh, wow. And well, turns out she was there, but she was too afraid for us to meet. But before the concert, they were giving out posters of the latest um, CD. Tells you how long ago that was. Uh And after the show, I went to the table where you buy stuff. And I was talking to this woman. We were just having a great conversation. And I looked up, I saw her look over and she said, excuse me, and walked away. And it turns out that that was Janice's wife. And when I looked up, Janice Ian was standing in front of me. Oh, wow. And it's, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. One of the, one year, Kate and I returned to college early and we found out that my previous roommate from um, from the year had died in a car accident. Mm. And what we did, I'm really going to date myself now, is we took the Janice Ian eight tracks. Stuck <laughs> <laughs> okay. them in the car and just drove and just tried to process what mm. had happened. So I told Janice this story. Mm. Um and and I thanked her because I was a music major. Music is so important in my life. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about that. And then I said, it was after midnight. I went, oh, my gosh, today's my birthday. Will you sign my poster? <laughs> Which she did. And she sang happy birthday, too. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it my was, gosh. It was great. And before I had graduated from college, I told Kate, I'm going to meet her one day. Just Just wait and see. It's like, hey, Kate, uh, guess what happened? <laughs> you Still put that out to the universe. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just awesome. Anyway, oh. so that was my my coming out and realizing that I think I like girls. Wow. Oh, okay. And that I, was it. I love that you started this with just because you come out doesn't mean you've had sex with someone it that is such you're right it's such a misnomer for people that they really believe that we're just sexual beings and it's not that we're not it's just that that's not it's not like that's all we do <laughs> like if it's you've not been, like that's all we are that's right you, right you don't talk to straight people and and worry about what's going on Behind closed doors. Right. Right. And it kind of creeps me out that people that tell us how bad we are are spending time thinking about what's going on in my house. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I don't want to know what they're doing. They don't need to know what I'm doing. It, it's right. weird. It is um, weird. And it's weird that they they always have that belief that all, you know, and Jen and I talked about this this morning, that that all people, all gay people need to be the same. We need to think the same. We need to agree on everything. We have to be aligned with all of our genres, spiritual, uh, political, all of that. And that's not the way the world works. You know, we're so diverse as a, as a planet that everybody has their different avenues. And, yeah. you know, if no you're online, that's fine. Yeah, no community works that way. No, no. family works that way. So why would they think that because we have this one commonality, if Mm -hmm. you will, that we're homogenous? We're not. Mm -hmm. We absolutely are not. Right. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the fear that 
that is in a lot of people as to that gay people are somehow sinful. And so therefore, we all have to be doing the same thing. Because if you group us all together, it's like one dangerous animal or something that's always going to be on the attack. And that's just crazy. But Midge, if this, this is something I really don't understand. If I am sinful, how is that any of your business? Right. Right. I, I just, I flat don't understand that. Here's the only thing that popped into my head when you asked that question is that, and this goes back to the, to the, to the doctrine that I don't ascribe to anymore. <laughs> I may be Christian. I like the, I like the way that uh, one of the priests said to me when she was filling in for my father, Joe, and she said, I want to get a t-shirt that says on the front, I am a Christian. And on the back, it says not, not that kind. <laughs> because I like, I like that too, because I, like I was that. almost afraid to reclaim being a Christian after I'd been away from church for so long, because I don't want to be aligned with the, the Christianity. And I'm putting it in air quotes for those of mm -hmm. you who can't see us, that the Christianity that people are expressing now, the bigotry, the, you've got to do it this way. You know, the Christian nationalism, all of that stuff is not what I believe I am. I am a person who follows love, compassion, inclusion, social justice, being there for people who can't be there for themselves right now. It's all about love. And I don't see love in some of the so-called Christian behaviors of today. So what you describe as Christianity, mm -hmm. I describe as being a good world citizen. Yes. It's yes. just... I, I I often joke about starting my own religion <laughs> because, but it would never work because I wouldn't ask people for money. <laughs> and the sir, I'm sorry, it's a big issue that I have. I understand. Right? I understand. I I wouldn't ask people for money. I mean, I have a I have a previous coworker who tied ten percent. Mm -hmm. of her income every paycheck mm -hmm. and when she retired could not afford mm -hmm. to take care of herself mm -hmm. that's don't 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 get me started on my soapbox we'll be here forever <laughs> but the other thing is starting my own religion is the sermons would be really short mm -hmm. Um, I'd probably hold them in a bar on a Friday night. Okay. And it simply would be stop being a jerk and do and be nice to people. <laughs> End of sermon. Let's have a drink. I, I, let's have a drink. First, first round's on me. I, and I'm serious about that. Yes. I I respect people's faith. Mm-hmm. Because you and I first had this conversation because I said, I don't understand faith. Mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. don't get it. Mm -hmm. But I really do. Mm -hmm. And I love your phrase, the God of your understanding. Mm -hmm. Because people have different 
ways of expressing their spirituality. And it doesn't necessarily have to be around around this perceived almighty person living in the sky. Mm -hmm. uh, sorry, folks, but I just don't get it. Mm -hmm. Right? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And the things that go around that and the the stories we've invented mm -hmm. um, bothers me mm -hmm. to no end. We have practices in our so-called faith, regardless of whether you're, you know, what your faith is, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, um, uh, Buddhist, maybe not the Buddhist. Buddhists seem to be way cool. But and what I see are practices that oppress women uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, in the name of the Almighty, I see men assuming power to the detriment and sometimes to the physical harm. And I'm not buying it. Uh -huh. I'm just not buying it. By the same token, I have seen people practicing their faith, not their religion, their faith was absolutely beautiful. Uh -huh. And I get the difference. I love the architecture of churches and uh -huh. religious religious edifices. They, uh -huh. It's some of it's incredible. Uh -huh. Some of it also makes me think these people have too much money and they're taking money from the backs of poor people. But again, uh -huh. that's a whole other story. Uh -huh. But I was in Mexico, um, San Jose del Cabo, beautiful little town. Not the town where I would hold my church with all the bars. It's about twenty minutes north of that, right? Um, and we went to the plaza and there was this beautiful church and I walked in just looking at the, the structure and I saw this little old man walk in and just practicing his faith. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was beautiful mm -hmm. and it had nothing to do with asserting power over people, or it was just very simplistic, very beautiful, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't share the beliefs that he obviously shares, mm -hmm. you know, that he obviously has, excuse me, mm -hmm. but I can respect yes. that yes. portion of it. And I respect, I re go ahead. I, but I can't respect the power play that I see from organized religion Right. To the detriment of people. Yes. I, I and I won't accept it. I won't and accept you shouldn't. It. You shouldn't. I think that I, I personally don't believe that there is a God. Mm -hmm. However, comma, if there is, right? I tend to think that God is sort of like the Federation in Star Trek <laughs> with a real strict non-interference policy. You go do you, right? I'm watching TV or whatever. So, yeah, don't try to tell me who I should be mm -hmm. based on your perception. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm feisty enough. It's just not going to happen. That That is how we align, though, because and I, I think that's our common denominator, because I also do not believe in the detriment of women 
or people who can't afford things. And I loved that when I came into the Episcopal Church, instead of them making a big deal about tithing, although that is part of it, but they talk about three things, your talents, your tithes, and your your talents and your treasures. Oh, why can't I remember the other T? But anyway, it's like if you don't have money, how else do you serve? Yes. That's the yes. thing, because if I don't have all of this amount of money, but yet I can read the scriptures from a podium and not pass out, which I didn't know if I could in the very beginning, but apparently I can. Don't lock and, your knees. Yeah, don't lock your knees. And it was harder because when I first started, I had we had to wear masks and I'm claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. So to wear a mask, oh. I felt like I was going to pass out anyway to wear a mask and try to read. <laughs> was almost impossible, but it's funny how you can kind of overcome things over time. But anyway, um, so it's, it's more focused on how as a community do we support each other and keep a place going so that we can meet together. Yep. And that was the beauty of the faith that I saw. And I absolutely do not know who made God and I'll never know probably. And it's not, I love your idea of the Federation thing that, I do believe that God is basically hands off and that we get to decide how we walk through earth. Are we going to be a disturbing mm -hmm. element or are we going to be kind? Are we going to be compassionate? If someone comes at me and you've seen some of the posts on Instagram and thank you for your questions that you've posed back, <laughs> but it's, it's that kind of narrowness and judgment that I don't believe really comes under faith. I think that comes under indoctrination. Yes. And that you're living in fear of going to hell and siding with your proposed sinner. That's, you know, the old teachings. So you've never had to deal with that because it's not been in your genre, but growing up that way, then it perpetuates itself as an adult. Because if you get that spoon fed to you for so many years, it becomes part of who you are until you decide to change it. It 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 is. So we talk about basically having the same value. Yes. And how we want to treat people. I before we before we met in Connecticut, I was at a conference um, put on by a woman by the name of Ashley Brundage, and it is the it was called the Voyage of Empowerment, simply because. We were on a cruise ship, so, you know, nice conference uh, yeah. cruising down to Bermuda. Uh, but the whole premise is that we, as people, empower others around us in very different ways. Mm -hmm. And religion is one of them. And what you're really talking about is a sense of community and a sense mm -hmm. of belonging mm -hmm. where people can share themselves. Mm -hmm. And they can they can contribute to that community. And I will tell you, I, I mentioned that I'm retired from the Navy. Mm -hmm. In 1978, I went to boot camp. And yeah, you're all sitting in the airport waiting for the bus that's going to take you to, to boot camp. And I met a young woman and we just started talking. That was 1978. It is now 2023. Uh, she's one of my best friends, lives about 20 miles away from me. And through her and our different travelings, we have 
become part of this extended family, mm-hmm. extended family that includes four, the mainstay is four gay couples, two straight couples, between the, what's that, 10 times, between those 20 people, right? There have been children that have been born that we have all helped raise. Those children are having children, right? (laughs) And we are aunts and uncles, and we are there for one another. And some of us are are people of faith, and some of us are not. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. Thanksgiving is ridiculous. It is, you know, Thanksgiving for 30 to 40 people. And very few of us are related by blood, but we are all family. Right. And that is what is important to me. Yes. Yes. When I I babysit and the four-year-old decides to have a tantrum, I know that whatever we're doing, I can say, stop it. You're in timeout. Let's talk about it, whatever. And she goes crying to mom and dad, and they literally look at her and go, oh, look at me, right? Yep. This is the influence. This is the empowerment. Yes. This is, if you will, my church and my faith. Uh Because community is important, whether it's inside of a church building or if it's among people. And, And it all started out as people, right? I mean, when this whole thing started with Jesus on earth, he didn't meet in a church. I mean, he went to synagogue, but he didn't meet in a church. He met in the fields. He met next to the river. You know, and the, I mean, it's not about yeah. the I mean, building. Yeah. It's just yeah, that now, cool. <laughs> yeah, Jesus is cool. So was Buddha. And so was Lao Ching. You know, there's a lot of cool spiritual teachers yeah. out there. And and the thing about it is it's it's has always been about exactly what you talked about bringing people together to learn how to treat each other and to be there for each other and to support yep. each other it's just that now we don't you know we're not walking through the, through the dusty roads of damascus talking to people on the road and now we congregate in buildings some of us and some of us still don't i've got a very good friend who's going to be on um, my podcast when I go to the wild goose festival, which is this Uh, big collection. It used to be 5,000 people. Then the pandemic happened and it's less, but the wild goose festival is, is a huge outpouring of diversity and faiths and people that are not aligned with each other. Say it again. Geese And geeks. Geese. Oh, geese. Oh, well, I don't (laughs) know. (laughs) Oh, okay. they called it the wild goose because apparently the a goose is very strong and regal and and I don't and and bonded to its its pack or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. All I, the, there I were no geese. There. Oh. I have a phobia. I'm afraid of birds. You would definitely let's see geese and religion. No, I'm not there. <laughs> okay, I'm not no, there. No geese. No geese. Okay, Tents, I'm still not there. <laughs> Tents, drums. Um, really a lot of gay people, um, a lot of different, <laughs> there's a lot of gay people. I've never seen so many gay people in one place because I've actually never, I'm 64. I've never been to a pride parade yet. Although I was thinking, well, I was, they're so prevalent in North Carolina, right? I, well, I'll tell you, um, around me, there were several I could have gone to, but you know, with the awesome. mom in law, maybe next year, but, um, 
yeah, so there are some. You just don't know how safe they're going to be because, you know, there are, yeah. we are in North Carolina. But, um, but so it's a great, it's a great combination of people. And she's going to, she has a church that's called Salt and they meet on the beach. Mm. And I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It and doesn't matter. it really doesn't matter. So but it's not about the church. It's about the people who grew up in the restriction of doctrine. And I like yeah. how you separated religion from faith because you're yes. absolutely 100% correct that religion is what damaged me. It's faith. Oh. Religion is what damaged me. And the what brought me back was an inclusive understanding that I was never gone, that hmm. the God of my understanding was always there with me through my struggle. It's just that I couldn't reach back out because of the fear from the religious doctrine. So when yeah. I could, when I could find a different way to view the Bible, which is basically just a book of stories and and things that people written reported. By, people, written by people, people. I get you, girl. I'm a hundred percent on your on your camp with that. It's written and it's fallible. And if you read anything from Brian McLaren, who talks about the Bible, yeah, a new way of Christianity, because the Bible cannot be the thing that we follow necessarily. I mean, it is important because there are stories there that can teach us things, but because it's fallible, because it was written by people, it's not, it's more of a library of stories and not like some sort of a document that we should follow word for word verbatim. Not the Magna Carta. No, but see, some people think it is still. When I was in college, I decided that I really wanted to understand mm-hmm. what this religious religion thing was about. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I got a, through a subscription, the seven books of fundamental religion, right? And where I probably made my mistake was starting with the Bible. <laughs> so I'm starting to read and there was this story written by a person and I don't remember it so for you know people out there that kind of know what I'm talking about please forgive me because I really don't remember the story we're talking over 40 years ago but I got to a point where again a woman had been raped by I believe it was either a man or several men I don't remember Mm -hmm. But the at the end, the rapist went to the rapist and her father got together. And basically he paid dad paid a dowry. <laughs> I'm not real sure why. And at that point I took a big pen and in the margin of the book I wrote BS with a big exclamation point, and I threw all the books away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to sit here, and I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. This yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. So, and and I got a real twisted sense of humor, and I really like messing with people. And so when <laughs> I 
when I come across people that want to save me from what I don't know, but when they if they want to save me, um, I point out to them that Jesus spent most of his time hanging out with a bunch of guys, so and they weren't wearing pants, so <laughs> you know they had these long. I'm sorry, but and don't by the sorry. way, and by the way, just just so you know. He really wasn't blonde hair with blue eyes. No, heck no. He really, he really wasn't. <laughs> okay, so and he wasn't a Christian. He was Jewish. Just, you, you, you know, folks, just work on that and yeah. <laughs> let that sink in. Can we and, please and, stop and, with the blue and, eyes and blonde hair? <laughs> and stop, stop with the virgin birth thing. <laughs> I'm 15. I'm hanging out with my boyfriend and I'm pregnant. Mm. Mom and dad are going to kill me. You know, let's tell them not buying it. No, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. See, you got me up on my soapbox now. I'm all right. I'm so happy. And I can't <laughs> wait. To, I cannot wait to see the, the comments. Yes. From this. Uh, I am sure you're going to lose a lot of, a lot of listeners. Because I folks, doubt it. <laughs> folks, I just don't understand it. But if you do, and it helps you be a good person. That's right. Don't be the other Christian. <laughs> then, it's, then it's all great. But if you do, and you feel a need to go out and save us, because we are quote unquote sinners, we're gonna be okay. You 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 know, it's okay if you just divert your attentions and go play pickleball or whatever. But <laughs> stay in your lane. <laughs> stay in your, your lane. lane. <laughs> we are good. And see, I think that's the point. So if if I'm going somewhere. I don't want somebody to tell me what to think about something. I don't want somebody to tell me I have to join this group. I want somebody to inspire me to want to be included in and your community. You. Yes. yes, empower me. The thing, the thing that, and this just happened. I haven't, I've told one other person this today, but um, I joined an LGBTQ group online that is in my actual community. Okay, so it's like it just popped up online and it was going out trying to get people to join this LGBTQ group. So I joined and then I started noticing there were several people that I knew that had joined. And so I was just kind of hanging out and trying to figure out what this group was going to be about. It wasn't really clear to begin with. And they all some of them wound up at our fall festival, which was yesterday or the day before. I don't remember, but it was this weekend. And I noticed on this chat that, you know, they, they do these chats now and all of a sudden you're in this chat with these groups. Yeah. <laughs> it's annoying. But um, so I'm in this chat with all these people who are trying to get to the fall festival and in the fall festival, they were trying to meet somewhere and there's several streets that people could be on. So they were talking about where this one, I think the leader was and and I knew exactly where she was based on what she says she was drinking tea downtown. And I, I knew where she was. So I popped into the thing and I said, aren't you at the at, aren't you at the Brightside Gallery? And she went, yes, that's what it's called. Why she didn't know where she was. I don't know. So, 
Yes, I was at the Brightside Gallery. And so then all the people then thought, oh, I know where that is. That's down by the courthouse. Da, 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 da. So at the, so then I was still doing other things. All of a sudden, the chat wakes up again, and it says, oh, we forgot to take a picture. We were all there together. We should have taken a picture. We missed an opportunity. And I said, well, if you want another opportunity, I said, I'm launching my book at Four Saints Brewing Company on set, on October 21st. You can come join me there. We'll all take a um a picture. And I might have said gay with God, my memoir gay with God. I don't know. But all this, I mean, within a second, the admin comes and says to me, so I don't think it actually got posted, but the admin says, let's not bring religion into this. And I went, wait a minute. And I just took like, I was shocked. All those comments that you've been watching on Instagram about my posts I could not believe that I was in an LGBTQ group and I'm being schooled on not bringing religion into the LGBTQ group. And so I thought, well, that's weird. And so I just said, okay. And yeah, okay. And mm-hmm. I just backed out of the group and I left because here's the thing I am 64 years old. It took me 30 years to figure out that I was freaking gay. <laughs> it took me. <laughs> And then I left the church and then it took me even forever to lean back in. So now I'm in this weird place that church people think I'm going to hell because I'm gay. (laughs) And I lost a lot of friends from my Bible Mm -hmm. college because I came out as gay. So I lost them Mm -hmm. because they're in church and now I'm gay. So you can't be my friend. And now I'm in the LGBTQ group, so to speak. But I've gone back to church. So now you don't like me (laughs) because... (laughs) I identify as Christian. So here's Midge standing on her island <laughs> with her Game oh. of podcast and her memoir. And I'm like, I know there's a purpose for this calling. I felt inspired to write this book. I do believe it was my path to write this book. What it's going to do for itself, I have no idea. But I'm hanging on for the ride. <laughs> and and Good the, for you. The LGBTQ group needs to understand that we're all not going to vote the same way. We're all not going to believe the same way. We're not going to have the same kind of relationships as each other. You may be poly whatever, and I may not be. (laughs) I'm I'm lucky to have one poly whatever. I I just need to, I need to be with just one person because I can't. That's That's the other religious group. (laughs) Okay. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> so I, I would I would say that it's not that they don't like you on either side. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of you. Ah, they're af- not afraid of you. Yeah, but they are afraid of what this means. I suspect, of course, on the re- indoctrination side, yeah, they're afraid that by associating with you. God is going to say you were you were having tea with Midge, therefore You're you going are hell. going to hell. <laughs> that's right. This, that's in right. Fact, is where all the party people are, but that's okay, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, but on the other side, think just think about it. You're on you're on a group chat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a misinterpretation. We might get in trouble for it. And one of the things, you're 64, I'm 66. One of the things that is so awesome about being an official senior citizen <laughs> is you stop caring what, what people think. Right, right. Like, no. uh, see ya. 
it's it's yeah you know i'm gonna be here doing my thing yep being a good world citizen yeah empowering others to speak their truth whatever that is hopefully mm -hmm. in a in a non-abrasive way mm -hmm. um but i don't need this in my life so we walk away yeah like i'm, I'm done and there was a time because I am an Enneagram too. So I'm a people pleaser and it drives me crazy when people don't like me. However, at this point in my life, I didn't need to convince them that I was okay. And I didn't need to be a part of that group and be less than who I am because nope. I am my brand. <laughs> I, you I am are. okay with God. So if you you're are. telling me to shut that down, that's the same way as my dad saying to me like over you know 30 years ago, you can come to the family reunions, but you cannot, you are not allowed to tell people that you're dating a woman. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, but what do I, so you want me to come as a 30 year old woman and tell people I don't have a life. I'm not dating <laughs> because when they say, Oh, are you dating? Yes. Well, who is he? I would have mm -hmm. to say she is. And mm -hmm. he would not allow me to do that. Now you I could have wear gone, a t-shirt. You just wear a t-shirt that said my girlfriend's at work. <laughs> She would have been here. I didn't been say here. a word. <laughs> didn't say a word. See, you're so smart. You're so much smarter than me, and more conniving. No, it's just, <laughs> it's just. I like messing with people like that. Well, see, and I, I, I did, I hadn't learned how to mess with people, so oh, I, I just quit going. I didn't go to any of the reunions because I was not going to go and lie, and I, so I just didn't go, which didn't bother me so much, really. But um. Okay. It did not bother me um, because I didn't want to be around people that could not embrace who I was at that point either. And I'm still in that same place. Just 30, you know, four years later, I'm realizing that, okay, even though I thought you were my people um, and I like how you said it, that they're afraid of what I'm standing for and they don't know how to, they don't know what to do about it. And yeah. I did lose a very good friend um, because I went back to church because she was so afraid I was going to preach at her, try to convert her. And I said, that has mm -hmm. never been, that has never mm -hmm. been what I wanted to do, but because I'm labeled Christian, that's the mm -hmm. only thing they see now is that type of Christian. So hopefully yeah. maybe one of the purposes of the book will be to say, we're not all the same. <laughs> but you make, you make a good point because it is very, there's a bunch of geese out on my leg. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> you may, you are very easy to talk to. Mm. And this, on this subject, mm -hmm. because we think alike, mm -hmm. I have a person in my family who will call me on rare occasions. And she's much younger, so mm -hmm. I will start with, I have no idea normally what she's talking about because <laughs> I'm old and she right. isn't. <laughs> right. But the conversation seems to go along these tangents of the Bible and homosexuality and she's not denigrating she is she is trying to explain um that 
She says the Bible doesn't say anything about homosexuality and you shouldn't judge. And she goes on forever. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? I, you know, I pretty much know that it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Not a problem for me. Not a problem for my wife. Why are you ranting at me about the fact that the Bible does not address homosexuality? Do you want to know why? Do you want to know my guess? Yeah. I think my guess is because if she was taught that if you weren't Christian, that you will go to hell. So if she was, hang on. So if she was taught that her love for you wants you to know that Christianity is not necessarily unsafe for you, that real, the real message of, of the Bible was never to condemn homosexuality because the word homosexual wasn't in the Bible until 1946. And because of all the translations and all those things, I mean, that's, that's something 1946. And it was and it was only put in there because because before that it wasn't that word used in the greek was not same sex relationships it was something totally different so in 1946 when they were doing another translation they had a whole group of who white men in a room older most definitely and there was a young intern in there and as they were discussing this particular word There were all of these different translations that it could be. And this one young guy said, when they chose the word homosexual, the guy said, that's not what that word means. That's not what it's talking about. And because he was too low on the totem pole, nobody listened to him. So the word got in there as homosexual (laughs) and it never should have been there. So there's a document. There's a document. Yes, it does. So there's a documentary coming out called 1946. I can't wait Ooh. to see it. And it will be very awesome. But, um, you know, the the religious people will only see that as propaganda. So I don't think the two <laughs> I don't think the the two lanes will ever converge. I think I think they're getting closer because there are some very progressive churches that are beginning to see the difference in what was that back then and how it is, how it really is now. And that all of this really doesn't mean what it used to mean. So I think the lanes are getting closer, but that doesn't mean that people are still freaked out about the religious part and they're still dying because they can't blend their understanding of their faith and their sexuality. And that was the whole purpose of the book. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast is that I want people to understand that you do not have to kill yourself because you were raised Christian. No, you don't. And you don't have to let people's different beliefs of what is going to happen to you. Yes. I want to be careful what I'm saying here because... I know some of the things. I dated a woman whose parents had her committed Uh um, Uh to psychiatric institute. I know people who, we know people who have been taught by the church um, that they are awful human beings Uh um, Uh for many reasons. Um, we know people that have been excluded, like yourself, mm-hmm. from family 
gatherings from the people that they love and supposedly love us yep. um, because of what they believe and what right. we should do. Yeah. And I, I, I told you earlier that in 20 years, my wife and I have never had a fight. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things we did uh, when we started dating is we eliminated the word should mm-hmm. my conversations mm-hmm. because should is it's a condition it is an expectation mm-hmm. and when I say Midge you should mm-hmm. believe in God mm-hmm. I'm telling you what I expect you to do when in fact it's none of my damn business mm-hmm. that's right it just isn't that's right so I agree with you. I don't know. See, I encourage everybody to get rid of the word should. Yes. Yes. I would love that. So, my friend, so tell me how, if in any way, your family dismissed you or had any problems with your sexuality. They didn't because um, I was pretty much a little bit of a backstory. Uh, my parents were 19 when I was born. Mm-hmm. My mother, I suspect, was suffering from postpartum depression and walked out of the house and just left me there wow. as an infant. So my grandfather raised me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, my grandfather was born in 1917. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a subject that ever came up. I left home when I was 16 years old. Wow. Okay. Um the only discussion we ever had around sex, whatever, anything biological was a very brief discussion. My, my grandfather found out I was going to attend an all women's college. <laughs> and he said to me, you know, sometimes you're going to meet some girls and they're going to want you to do things you don't want to do. Don't do that. <laughs> So me being me said, Mm -hmm. so you mean like if I don't want to play basketball, I shouldn't? And his response was, get out of here. Uh-huh. That was the whole discussion. (laughs) That was the whole discussion. (laughs) That was that was it. And it's like I got to college and it's like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, I fell in love with Janice Ian. And I'm thinking, well, I don't think he was right about that. <laughs> anyway, especially about the part that I don't want. And that's a whole other story. So, <laughs> so, so I got a call. I had joined the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, I was down in Tennessee in school. And one of my best friends, Will, um, grew up right next door to my aunt. So Will and I have known each other for over 60 years. And um, I get a phone call from him. And he said, does your family know you're gay? (laughs) I said, I don't know. Um, He said, well, my uncle was next door. And they started discussing whether you were gay or not. And I hadn't been home for five years, Mm. something like that. And my response was good on them. (laughs) I know that. So, and I've had very little 
connection with them. I will be very honest with you. I don't like these people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, we are just so disconnected in mm -hmm. everything that we do, the way we think. Um, you know, I'm at the time I was one of only three people in my family to graduate from high school, the only one to go to college. Wow. Um, the only one to really have left mm -hmm. Washington, DC. So we we didn't have a lot in common. We didn't have anything in common. Mm -hmm. Um it didn't matter to me what they thought. Now, years later, I connected with my father's two sons, my two half brothers. Mm -hmm. And um, my wife and I were back in D.C. just for a vacation. And my youngest brother wanted us to go to the hospital to see um, our father. Mm -hmm. And my oldest brother and I were like, no. We don't want to do that. Uh -huh. But he's like, oh, please, you know. Uh -huh. um, so we all go. And my father actually met my wife. Ooh. Yeah. Or as he likes to, as he liked to refer to her, my friend. Uh, At he which point I'd always say, you mean my wife? Um, I have no idea how they felt, never cared. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. My, I went back to DC in July. My wife and I went back and we met um, my eldest brother's two grown daughters. Unfortunately, both of my brothers passed away about two or three months ago, within three weeks of one another. And my oldest brother had um, has two adult daughters one of whom has a one of which has a seven year old son. And so we got to meet them, uh, had lunch with them, had a great time. Um, I flew back before the trip where we met in D.C. Mm -hmm. specifically mm -hmm. to spend time with them. And they either couldn't or wouldn't make time for me. Huh. Um, so they're lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My family is here, you know, yes. with those kids that we've raised. Yes. We've got two babies on the way. Yeah. I'm crocheting baby blankets. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I'm happy I am for you. I'm so excited. I, I am happy for you that you never had the oppression of religion. And I'm happy for you. Yeah that you didn't have family that locked you away or put you into conversion therapy. And I'm happy for you that you've developed a sense of community where you are and you're loved and you're surrounded by love. And that makes me happier than you'll ever know. I am at this point in my life, the happiest I've ever been. Yay. Yeah. I sort of wake up and, and, in the mornings and I sing happy birthday to myself <laughs> because I can. Right. And then I have, I have a board meeting, you know, with, with, uh, which means I grab a cup of coffee and I sit in the middle of the kitchen floor and the cats come in and we discuss what we're going to do for the day. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's hysterical. It's a good right? life. It's a good it's, life. <laughs> it's the best life. So, Again, for those people that want to save me, um, <laughs> I'm okay. 
you're okay. I'm really you're, okay. You're really okay. Yeah. And you know, this yeah. girl doesn't want to save you. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I just am glad we're in relationship with each other through PYT. That's just fun. It's awesome. So it's I know, really I know the answer to this question, but for those of the, them out there that don't, um, what do you want to say to the people out there who are struggling with their faith or with their, with their uh, coming out? What is your tagline? <laughs> I don't know that I have a tagline. I always talk <laughs> about being a good world citizen. Mm -hmm. And I guess for people of faith, that sort of guidepost might be, for Christians, that sort of might be the, the, the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. But what it really boils down to is treating everyone with dignity Mm -hmm. and respect mm -hmm. and you'll be okay mm -hmm. beautiful and see that's why i wanted you on my show <laughs> <laughs> and it was fun so thank you very very, very much fun. thank you thank i appreciate you. you so i thank vicky for being here and for honoring us with her coming out and faith journey and i want to thank you listeners for coming back each week supporting sharing and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts if you want to see more information and links to connect with vicky go to the gay with god show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com and check out our facebook group gay with god we do a monthly zoom group entitled my faith journey we're adding more members and we're so excited about what conversations come up in that group if you need support to help you through your coming out and or your faith journey, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com or go to my website, gaywithgod.com and find the links in order to connect with me. The Ask Me Anything group is going to be changing from Ask Me Anything to the Gay With God Book Club. So if you get a copy of the book and you want to join the book club, please let me know at empoweredmidge at gmail.com and I will be glad to have you. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQI+, or not even sure if you're gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community, and as always... You are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4 a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.